listening to the Astral Hour. I'm your host, Astral Meadow. Join me as we take a glimpse into the mysterious. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined with my friend Brian Scott. He is a musician and creates an uplifting fusion of music by combining instruments and vocals from other parts of the world into styles such as funk, jazz, rock, blues, country, and more. The mood and styles vary from chill to high energy. His intent is always to produce a positive, good, or relaxing vibe that goes well with yoga, dance, and flow states. Welcome to the show. It's wonderful to be here. It's a beautiful home and a beautiful area. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. traveling out. Um, are you from here? Or? Well, I consider uh, East Tennessee and Knoxville my home uh-huh. uh, because I lived here longer than most places. Right. Um, but right now I live in Maryland with my okay. family. Yeah. So you traveled quite a ways to... I have. I'm on a little two-week journey right now, and it's been, and this is one of the highlights right in the middle for me. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad. So can you share a little bit about yourself and your spiritual journey with us? Sure. Thank you. Um, I think at a young age, I was a spiritual seeker, not knowing that I was. You know, my family wasn't particularly re- religious, um, but I was really interested in what what I was knew of or was exposed to, which was Bible stories and things like that. And I was actually kind of had a drive to get to church, even though my my family didn't, my parents didn't. Um, and so I, I grew up and I ended up getting involved in some some different Christ, Christian churches along the way. And mm-hmm. I even spent a couple of years uh, in, uh, as a Mormon, um, always kind of seeking, you know, uh, what feels right. And none of that felt right, you know, so through those years, uh, by the time I got to uh, about middle of high school, I was like, no, that's that's not for me. Um, mm-hmm. But early in uh, sometime in my college life, uh, that's when I started getting exposed to, you know, either more a metaphysical or Eastern uh, thought. Um, and so that started a lot of reading and exploration, um, which I studied a lot through the years. And so now I kind of consider myself a, a very um, happy agnostic you know i'm comfortable with not knowing mm-hmm. you know i don't have a a sense of like oh this is right and i know it's just i don't really know and that's okay but i it always based it's always based in a sense of um safety and peace though you know like i'm not concerned right. about it like um but i don't really know and uh, that's okay and that kind of allows me to just kind of go with a uh, whatever sounds interesting at the moment <laughs> right you can explore whatever you feel into at the time and not be so dedicated to a certain outcome i don't necessarily consider i don't know what to call myself i never yeah. know i mean agnostic is cool because there's that non-attachment and so in a way it's almost a lot of the eastern religions you know are already talking about that anyway so that's right yeah it's like you just trust that it's all gonna work out yeah and that's great so yeah you're eclectic honey eclectic that's how i would describe you very eclectic (laughs) i guess i could see that for myself so i forgot to introduce philip uh philip clift is in the house with us tonight so he might have some input here and there hey (laughs) y'all just so everyone knows like philip and i go way back right way back like we met early early 20s and lived together for year you know years then so 
It's good to have you here, brother. Yeah, man. I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> awesome. We we, uh, we really, you know, as as far as spiritual journeys go, man, we were we were in deep for yes. several years, you know, and yeah. we we learned a lot together. Yes, we early did. on, you know. So that that's a powerful bond that we've maintained throughout our entire adult lives. Even though we haven't lived in the same city, we've always yeah. stayed close and you know in contact. And it's just like we, you know were in the old days just distance in between you know Mm -hmm. so it's been really nice beautiful i love that um can you tell us about your musical journey and your approach and intent with the music you're creating now yeah sure um i've been through a lot of different musical styles you know i mean i you know studied instruments growing up as a kid and a lot of a lot of piano and a lot of guitar um I was always really interested in lots of different styles and, and I've, I would dig deep in different styles at different times where, um, you know, where I'd really want to explore that style, um, and it's, and it's, uh, foundations. And then I would move to another, um, from a performance and writing perspective, I, um, I was very active in the blues community down in Atlanta mm-hmm. for, you know, a decade. Um, and then I really moved into a more of the Americana um, kind of, which is, um, and a lot of, and then that kind of moved into a singer songwriter where I was really exploring composition and writing and lyrics a lot and expressing, you know, aspects of my life journey through that. Um, and then about, uh, four years ago, I had the opportunity to write a musical, uh, oh. with a playwright and that completely changed my, my view and vision of what music could be for me. Cause it was, it was so outside my box of what I was used to. And it was really, it was just like, uh, you know, taking, uh, the roof off the house. Right. And it was just like, everything got exciting after that. <laughs> and that led to what I do now. And what I do now is I'm more of a producer. Um, I, I and I play mainly piano or keys. Um, and I create, um, a fusion of musical styles and what I, um, I typically will find instruments or vocals from other countries, Mm -hmm. largely India or the Middle East. Um, And I will fuse them into American styles, you know, so whether it's rock or country or funk or just chill out groove or, or whatever, but I'll take my background and sensibility of American styles and I'll find a way to match these instruments or vocals that normally don't, don't mix with that. Um, and then I try to do that in a way where ultimately the song brings some, some light and some happiness. Um, and I think it's good for folks that are uh, practicing mindfulness practices or mm-hmm. yoga or maybe meditation or dance or whatever. But um, even though they all have a lot of different styles in them and sounds, I feel like that's the common thread that tries to hold it together. Right. Yeah. I really love listening to your little discography and... I'm into all sorts of different genres, and some of my favorite bands. I really love Thievery Corporation. I don't oh, know. Oh yes, I do. I like they them too. blend a lot of yes. different things, and it's so satisfying to me. That's one of the records I play. I'll yes. go through their discography very frequently because it just. Sometimes I feel like I'm in like Jamaica, or sometimes I'm in France, you know, and it just they bring that culture in, and uh, Gorillas does a really good job too. It like they'll just use these really cool voices, you know, and yes. 
he's actually got the musician coming in, but I, when I was listening to your stuff, the samples of the different vocals, I was like, this is so good. You know? oh, like, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. So. The yoga community in Knoxville likes it, I can assure you, because I mean, I've had, you know, I, I weave Brian's tracks into my playlist that I play for classes and stuff. And people have on very, you know, very often how will ask me like what that is or who that is. I'm like, that's my man, that's my buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I really have enjoyed uh, doing yoga and stuff, listening to it. I do a lot of ecstatic dance, too, so I'm going to probably share some of it with uh, my instructor or whatever. She's all the time looking for the different moods, you know, because it starts gentle and then it gets quick. And I'm like, you literally have something for, like, each of the phases, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I... I, uh, that happened accidentally, I think, you know, I just, it's, it, it just resonates with where I'm at, you know, um, and sometimes I'm, you know, feeling like I want to dance and, you know, I get into something that's funk. And when I get done with that, I've kind of felt like I got that out of my system. And then like, now I just really want to chill, you know, and I just want to go into something totally different. And so this journey over the last two or three years that I've been doing this fusion, I've just, it's been the most productive of my life. I mean, I'm just, I'm pumping out so much music. It's almost like, I'm, I'm just holding on. It's just like pouring out, you know? And so, um, and it just keeps going other places. And so I, I hope it just can continues cause it's been fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a, an artist and I've just been learning all these different forms of art and working with all the different mediums. And ever since I've, you know, added more in, it does, it just keeps flowing and I never get bored. So like, if I get tired of embroidering, I might paint. And if I get tired mm-hmm. of painting, you know, I might, do collage mm-hmm. and it just never stops yeah and it keeps it fresh it's just i think that's important for an artist right because as a musician when i was in the americana singer songwriter thing i got stuck for yeah. a while because i thought that's this is what i'm supposed to do and i and i and it just kept getting a little drier and a little drier and i was and i felt like yeah you know, it just wasn't flowing and that's why writing that musical was just like cracking the egg open and, and like, and then this gush of energy came out. So now I re, you know, now I'm conscious of that. And I'm like, even if it's absolutely different, just go somewhere, you know, that's completely different. Cause that's what keeps that energy, that creative energy flowing. For sure. I, for a little while would say I don't take commissions and sometimes I don't, if I'm in a really big creative flow, I'll just do what I want to do. But every now and then I'll take a commission and I'm like, I can, I don't think, I don't think I can do this, you know, mm-hmm. but it will force me out of my comfort zone. And I always end up nailing it. Like there was a couple things that I've done for Philip and I'm like, I don't think I, I'll, in my mind, I'll say, I can't do that. And then I'll just start doing it. Yeah. But, uh, it like proves to us that we can, you know, we're, we're actually boundless as far as creativity goes. It, we yeah. can go as far as we want, but we get stuck in like these little boxes that we put ourselves in, you know, so. Let's see. Do you think you could share some samples with us of a few of your songs and what inspired them? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's start with one of the earlier works that I put together. It's off an EP called Goya B. Um, and this is really the very first EP where I said, I, I really want to focus on something for mindfulness and mm-hmm. for yoga and that we're in going inward. Um, and so I, it really got into the chill out side of things. Um, and to date, one, um, that EP I love, but the, one of the songs on there is called Goya Rakana. 
is still probably maybe my all-time favorite. Uh, yeah. It's just really, really personal to me. I just, I just absolutely love this song. Um, so yeah, let's listen to it a little bit. Is that a sitar that's being played or is it it sounds like a gordish kind of slide instrument to me it's, yeah it's well that's um that's a great question um and that's kind of gets a little bit before i answer that and that well maybe i'll answer it it's an oud an o-u-d an oud one of my all-time favorite instruments that's kind of what i've discovered about how i go about my creative processes when i'm ready to to do an, a new EP and I, I normally have about four EPs under development and creation at, at a given time you know that's so but when I finish one and I put another one in I start to I go out and I start to seek something that inspires me you know that, um, and so I'll just I'll either be looking at virtual instruments and playing some stuff or I'll go look at you know listen to samples and I'll, it could be vocals it could be an instrument it could be a drum beat you know it could be whatever and in this case, I came across this oud, um, these oud samples, um, and I'm like, that's and and the oud, um, it is a gourd instrument, it's a stringed instrument. It's very old, right? They have um, almost every country, um, you know, in the Middle East and Africa, they have um, their version of this instrument. You know, there's the the barbat, I think, is the one that it's called, and there, um, and you know, it goes. I mean, you know, a couple thousand years back, right? Is um, a sitar a gourd? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Okay, so um, it's a manufactured thing, like a guitar, more so. I think so. Okay. Although I'm not a sitar expert by any means. Um, <laughs> but I heard this, and actually, the the oud is is a higher sounding instrument. Um, but I really liked the quality of it, and I but it, and as part of this, bringing it back and really bringing it down, I dropped the pitch of this oud by a good five or six whole steps so that gives it that deep resonant sounding to it um and then in conjunction with the bass part that i found i was like ah that's it right and that's what inspired me for this this ep i was like so there's a lot of oud on this ep all the way through it right? interesting i i definitely when i listen to the song it, it creates a scene like I, I can like see a visual 
And I was listening to it when I was setting up and I was having a little bit of anxiety, honestly, just because I always like spaz a little the day of and I put this song on and I was just so I was like relaxing and then I started really seeing like a a vision of me like walking. So it starts with this like and it starts with walking and that stays like Mm -hmm. kind of throughout the whole song. But then you would like bring something in and it was like I would be walking and like this new experience would come in or I would see something else go by. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it made me feel like I was in a video game or something. Uh, That's so cool. I'm glad that you that you mentioned about kind of like the, the journey. So another aspect of all of my music is it's all long, long play. I call long play. I think, you know, probably the, the shortest tunes I might produce now might be seven or eight minutes uh this one happens to be 17 minutes long right now so um but i i i don't understand modern music's fascination with it It has to be three and a half minutes and it's like this little thing you know it's like if you like a song like i want more of that i've always been that way i'm like Mm. you know and, and some of my favorite artists from the past if they have some extended play song which might be six minutes long or seven i've always loved that right yes and so with this kind of music if you're really talking about mindfulness and and thinking about what you're doing and and getting into something it's like you know three and six minutes is not long enough i mean you've got to let yourself go with this vibe and if it's working for you right then let it go and so and then but i you know so i i I go places you know it's a journey each song i kind of feel like is a journey it builds it adds in some new things but it always comes back you know to the core at the end and then they usually always start relatively calmly and build and then they ease that way out, right? So you kind of ease into it, and then you can ease out of the tune. Right, it's like a breath. Yeah. So the core is the walking, right? Yeah. And that's the core of the song. That's the stru- The main structure of it is the walking, and then whatever comes into your field as you're walking is the is the uh, different. Yeah, uh, that's a nice visualization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is nice. Yeah, I loved it. And you were saying about um, our life as guru, workshop we we got flagged for playing (laughs) some music in that and what we want to do from here on out is play your music because you'll give us permission to do that absolutely (laughs) (laughs) play any of it and all of it all you want yeah yeah Yeah. that would be great i'd be honored yeah Yeah, we're gonna do that yeah it works out that they're a little bit longer so we could play like two songs and that would be great Mm -hmm. for the yoga in the beginning as a little side note you know the name of this tune and this album, but you know, I, I try to make, have some meaning behind those as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, Goya is an Urdu word, um, that conveys a, a contemplative as if, um, feel, you know, with reality. And then Rakana, which says, this is Goya Rakana, um, is Hindi for slow down. Um, oh. so, um, I try to, find something that matches that's a little esoteric that people may not know but that matches each of these uh, tunes oh beautiful yeah we'll definitely go into each of the titles as we talk about them um let's see if I could... oh yeah i love when the piano comes in like as i was listening to it earlier when the piano came in i like i wanted to cry <laughs> I was like, but it was just because like it was this beautiful like swoopy feeling of like something new that was um i don't know it's just added so much beauty that actually made me tear up a little bit but uh well that's well, i'm kind of you. an emotional that's, person that's, so that's a great compliment and uh that's okay i cry at this music all the time so <laughs> right 
but that wasn't those are jazz chords right you know so there's mm. that's a bit of a another americana spell into that you know so it's it's got this great earthy vibe with this middle eastern instrument mm-hmm. and then here comes these jazz chords over it you know so Right, nice. I love that. One of my all-time favorite bands is the Beatles, and mm-hmm. so that's where I've like got introduced to the sitar and the blue because they kind of mm-hmm. just played around with a lot of different stuff, especially like the White Album. They yeah, that had some bluesy stuff, and um, absolutely, yeah, I'm really grateful to be able to hear that because our most of the music we hear on the radio is it's all kind of like the same, and it gets really yeah. uh, boring and dull to me after a while. So me too. I love bringing in like the different cultures and the different chants and stuff. Yeah, I felt for a while like you know the the future of music is blending genres, mm-hmm. you know, and you're doing that's what you're doing with all this, you know, because a new genre is hard to create, but fusing them together in the way that you're doing them is a great way to like ex- uh, evolve. Mm-hmm. musical composition mm-hmm. you know yeah. because it blends you know these different sounds and these different ideas into a comprehensive whole which is really really cool and that's what i pick up from this music that you're doing well it's nice to know and i appreciate the compliment you know all of these um uh you know you're mentioning getting emotional at it but it's actually um i i since i started this i've almost listened to nothing but this music um first off i'm i'm you know pumping out a lot of it pretty quickly and it's part of my building process is to listen to it but um all of it even though they're all so different as we'll see as we go through but um it's definitely i feel like an expression of me it's a part of me so i hear me in all of this you know and and that can be very emotional at times you know when i'm just driving down the road i'll be like ah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's so beautiful yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you it's hard to to make any kind of art and not put yourself into it mm-hmm. you know like it's like i think of harry potter with like the horcrux or something like you put a little bit of your soul into these like objects or these eps mm-hmm. or whatever it is and, you absolutely uh, do yeah and like there's memories of like that the time period that you were creating it so you might hear it and you like remember well i don't i don't know much about you but for me it might be like my daughter's first steps are associated with cat stevens you know (laughs) or something like that so uh music is a a great way for me to like store memories and uh, definitely time capsules yes yes so all right i'm probably gonna mess up saying this but this the sadhu 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 ep was my favorite um i listened to what is it sadhu pratham pratham Pratham? okay um on repeat (laughs) (laughs) even though it's long i just kept wanting to go back into it and then when you sent me the whole ep i realized that you had like redid a remix with those that chant and it was like i got excited all over (laughs) like when one of my favorite musicians does a remix i listen to a lot of djs and stuff so every now and then they'll put out a remix that i just get really excited to hear it from a new perspective so yeah this ep sadhu um what really triggered me on that to inspired me on that was i found these sufi vocals yeah and you know, so Sufi is a that aesthetic of, um, um, you know, of of a uh, uh, mysticism of Islam, Islam, uh-huh. um, and they were really captivating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I got to do that. Um, and there were a lot of different ones, and so this uh, 
all you know the, i was talking about the the, the e songs being a journey but i also kind of think of the eps are even a, a, a larger mm -hmm. journey and i try to create some continuity between them not just stylistically but in this particular case i'm glad you picked up on that yeah the first one sadhu pratham and pratham means first in hindi oh, um okay. and then, then there's dusara and trisara which is second and third oh. um is the is the individual sufi chant and then the tisar at the end is the group chant of that but it's the same melody yeah okay yeah. it's really cool yeah yeah i've um studied a little bit of sufism i've been on a couple retreats where we chant for days <laughs> mm -hmm. and so i it might have been like when i turned it on it just sort of like reignited my love for like those sufi meditations that we would do yeah and uh which i would retain none of you know <laughs> she would be right. like you know don't go and just teach this to people i'm like i don't remember any of it <laughs> but mm -hmm. i remember how i felt when i was doing the chants mm -hmm. you know and sometimes we would keep the chant in our minds and go walk around so this mm -hmm. is like in atlanta but we would keep saying it like over and over again but as soon as we would sit down and discuss it i would forget the chant and it wasn't about like what it was saying as much as like the energy mm -hmm. that it's evoking and you i was asking you about what's the translation and you were like it's more about using it like an instrument right exactly yeah i don't know the majority of the translations on on mm -hmm. these languages that i use um and i really like it that way right because um, it's because then it takes that aspect of it out i'm confident they're they're positive, you know, it's not right. like, you know, first off the, the set where I find them, that's, that's what's they're, the reason they're being produced. Mm -hmm. But, and you can just feel, you know, the, the energy coming from them is, is positive. Yes. But then it lets me, um, mix it without the meaning complicating it. And I, and it does make me kind of think of vocals, multiple vocals as instrumentation. And in fact, a lot of this, and in this tune, I think there's some of it, there's um you know multiple parts of these being layered on top of each other because i'm thinking of them as layered instruments as opposed to just you know what is this person saying if and if someone else was saying something on top it would get confusing it's not confusing when it's just sound you know right yeah and it was like there i didn't know what they were saying but i've read a lot of rumi and hafez and there would be times when i was listening to it where i would like feel the same way I would feel when I read a Hafez poem. <laughs> nice. So like you definitely, it like captured the essence and the beauty of that, like Sufi mysticism without actually defining it. Like, but it was sending me back to all my experiences I've had with Sufism. So it was nice. really, I think that's why I got hung up on it. And kept listening to it. That's great. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners will love it too. It's right up my alley. And I think everyone you know, wants to find like that good music to meditate or to do like dance or yoga too. It's, mm. it's really hard. You know, I'll, I actually seek out music without lyrics all the time and I'll have to go through like so mm. many songs before I can finally create a playlist. So it's all awesome that all of your stuff is sort of like that, that can be used that way. Nice. It's extremely difficult to find good music for this type of thing. I mean, you gotta you gotta wade through so much that's out there, and finding instrumentals is particularly difficult. You know, yeah. so yeah, this is a this is a great source of uh, of um, 
you know, really, really quality stuff for, you know, any type of yoga or, you know, mindfulness mm-hmm. training for sure. Well, let's listen to a part of it. Okay, let's do it. really interesting when you don't understand the language mm-hmm. when somebody's singing when the singing comes on it's like it's another instrument right it doesn't, like, e- it doesn't even feel like singing in a lot of ways because you don't understand yeah what they're saying so it's like a really complex that's, instrument you know that's exactly the, yeah. the way i'm using it yeah yeah or why i do that yeah yeah i've i like to sing and I've dabbled in a lot of instruments. I've never mastered any of them. I can pick it up, learn a couple of songs, and then I'm just like, I kind of move on. But I love singing so much. And I can do twangy. I can sing like soul. And all, and I've just never felt the need to learn a lot of instruments because I use my voice mm-hmm. as the instrument. And I'm like, that's such a good resource, I feel like, because it's on me all the time. Oh, I can absolutely. access it whenever I want. Yeah, well, it's the, it. it's the ultimate instrument. I mean, the voice, the voice is the ultimate instrument. I mean, I think it it penetrates people's, you know, emotions and mm-hmm. spirit faster than any other instrument. I mean, it really is very penetrating, you know, um, which is a magical quality. So that's great. Yeah, I was just, I had a sound healer on not too long ago, and she was talking about, you know, at the end of the day, mantras are actually the best way, because your voice activates the healing within your body better than any outside source, so like tuning forks and all that work, but if you could just get into doing regular mantras, Mm -hmm. that you would, you know, not need so much of it, the other things. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the 3D Wooly song. And I <laughs> thought that maybe you could go into a little bit about uh, where this one came from, and then we can play a little bit of it. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, this one, this one's a definite connection to Mr. Phillip here. Um, oh, yeah. Back in the day when when we were you know exploring so many different uh, thought systems, um, I'm a, a science major and I'm a science guy. And, um, so the, that book, uh, the dancing Wooly masters in 79 by Gary Zukov, um, it was the first book that I came across that tied quantum physics and what we were learning in science into, um, mysticism and spirituality. Right. And man, it just, it just blew me away. I mean, it just, totally blew me away and then so I started reading a lot of those books right and, and there was a period of time where they were pumping out a lot of them you know there was a this was in the 
I don't know what it was now, the late 80s, early 90s. It was a very popular thing. Um, and so that had a big influence on my life um, and, uh, you know, helped form my metaphysical belief system as well. Um, but when we were living together, I bought a, 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 a cement statue <laughs> of, a, of um, I'm not sure what it was, but it looked like a wise man, like mm-hmm. a, from the Middle East, you know, or from from uh, Eastern, a wise man. And he was yeah. just standing there, you know. And so we named him 3D Wooly because we put some 3D glasses on him, uh, you know, because <laughs> we were 20 years old, right? And um, we named him 3D Wooly after that. Well, I still have that statue today. Um, he's in my little garden right outside our uh, patio. Um, and so this EP, my intent around this was, you know, Philip has always been uh so in love with electric guitars and a rocking sound you know and i really i did really want to make something that i felt like he could put in one of his using one of his yoga sessions where he wanted some high energy and, and some of that rock and roll sound i said all right i'm gonna i'm gonna rock out and so as a as a uh uh, uh shout out to that time of our lives and that statue that uh, i and i used another one of those statues on the album cover um i named this uh uh, the the uh, the Wooly Masters, right? Beautiful, I love that. But, you know what you were saying about blending quantum physics with spirituality is making me realize that the same thing that's happening in music is happening with spirituality too. And what we're that's what we're doing. We're blending a bunch of these different systems into you know like a single system of thought, and that's that's kind of where the evolution of human consciousness is going in so many ways right now. Right. Well, isn't that this interesting? Is like the law of one. So it's actually all yeah. interconnected. So it goes together so well because it's actually not so separate like we kind of mm-hmm. think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, music and spirituality are, you know, like yeah. blending That's the in that music way. music of yeah. the spheres. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have a long future ahead of us of using my music with what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, as yeah, soon as absolutely. you were like, you could use it on the show if you wanted, I immediately, because we had just got flagged, we had to crop all the yoga out of our last video just because of one of the songs, but we never, never had that happen before. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, this, you had, you were like, you could use my music right when I was like editing that out. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, Perfect. this would be great for Perfect. <laughs> for yeah, I don't know, I didn't think of that, you know, honestly. I, well, I never... I've, I've got about, I don't know, about like 25 hours worth of it that you can choose from now. So oh, cool. <laughs> that should be plenty. Yeah. 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 We do like yeah. 15 or 20 minutes of yoga in the beginning. So it's... what language was that, by the way? That was, was that that, that we were just listening to? Yeah. That was the Sufi. Oh, that, so that was actually, uh, what, what, what language would that be? I think uh, it's, is it um, Farsi, maybe? Um, I'm not sure, or Arabic? Not a or... language. I don't, I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was. I don't think called S- Sufi, but I'm not I don't sure. Think Sufi is a language. Yeah, I, think I don't it's a know. Philosophical system. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's interesting. But I love the language; it's beautiful. Right. You know, it and it really beautiful. sounds like an instrument. Remarkable, super sophisticated instrument. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for Mr. Philip, <laughs> I had to like not not just go into some electric guitars, right? I had to pull one of our favorites uh, in a little bit which is a little hendrix a little hendrix i was thinking it sounds a little bit like voodoo child <laughs> when i was uh when, as soon as i turned it on i was like this is very hendrix you know hendrix might be the first person that was kind of where you know well that, the 60s for sure they were starting for all this was kind of you know emerging mm-hmm. blending genres and really going deep into you know combining spirituality and music together into a you know 
a uniform thing. Yeah. Hendrix was definitely doing and that. And he was a big fusion guy about oh, all yeah. different kinds of sounds yeah, and yeah. styles and stuff. So, yeah. Very yeah, I was, I remember the first time I, like, heard Jimi Hendrix, I was, I, I was obsessed with Forrest Gump when I was a kid. Like, I was watching it in kindergarten, and I would watch it, and not even, sometimes I would just listen to the music. Eventually, my parents bought me the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but there's a couple of Jimi Hendrix songs on there, and it just oh, stuck right. with there me, is in there. you know? About that. Like, Very and powerful. that's with the blues and stuff, too, is, like, Red House is one of my first, like, blues songs, and I was oh, like, yeah. I just love this, and my mom was like, what are you listening to? I'm, like, in the 90s, like, going through what these people in, like, the 70s were going through with their moms. Like, this is crazy. I can't believe I can sing in this. God, you started with Red House, and you're, you're, I mean, yeah, you, like, well, started with the top the It was on the City of Angels soundtrack. Oh, this that's is what right. happened. Yeah, totally, totally. And I just fell in love. Eventually, I bought, like, his greatest hit CD, and then, you know, it went from there. But um, I think one of my favorite things about Hendrix, though, is that um, if you see interviews with him talking, you know, because he's got this, his music is wild and crazy and energized or whatever. He's such a quiet, gentle soul when mm-hmm. he's talking, Absolutely. right? Super he's humble. Very humble, down to earth, <clears throat> chill, you know, not, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful difference to see. Right, right. Yeah, that Dick Cavett interview. He said, "We heard, we uh, we, we understand that you're you may be the greatest guitar player in the world." And he just looks at him and he's like, "Well, I'm definitely the greatest guitar player in this seat." <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. Want to hear a little Wu Lee? Yeah, Absolutely. let's do it. like it was meant to be put together that way you know mm-hmm. what i mean it doesn't feel like it's different cultures you know being blended together it feels like it's you know one culture manifesting in a variety of different ways so that's what like one of the best things about the internet is that we're able to really hear and you know connect with all of these different cultures and um yeah but one for the internet you'd have a hard time doing what you're doing right now wouldn't you definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the uh, the ability to seek out samples of different kind of stuff is yeah you know, I I don't I guess it didn't exist in the past for a reason or or it was so esoteric because it was very difficult and nowadays there are, there are whole labels you know album labels that all they do is is create samples you know for use for reuse and um that's where I get a lot of this stuff you know so it's um um but you know. When I first started this, when I before this, of course, I was writing and playing and recording everything myself. And yeah, you know, there's a little bit of like people thinking, well, you're just pulling samples 
Oh, but as soon as you record something, it's just a sample, right? And then you start mixing it just like anything else. So um, I don't feel like it's any less creative or any less mine when I'm putting it because anyone else would come across any one of those samples and hear it totally different and do something different with it. And you wouldn't even recognize it as the same. It's, it is the, it's the, the mashup and the fusion of them together that creates this unique thing. And, um, and so, you know, I still feel like it's very individualized in that way. Yeah. There's no way anyone else could possibly come up with that exact format that you did right there. And there's no, and there's no way. I mean, that's, that's distinctly you. For oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And all yeah. those layers, you know, that's a lot. My husband does mixes. He doesn't layer too much, but he'll spend, I mean, like weeks on a mix, just making this song sort of lean into that. So I couldn't imagine how much time you're putting into it, you know. Well, it's, um, it's a lot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it's a love. So it's, you know, I, I don't, it, if I could do it all the time, I think I probably would. But I, I try to get as much as I can in every week. Right, right. And as far as like pulling samples, that makes me think of with art, you know, I might draw a violet and someone else might draw a violet, a totally mm -hmm. different, you know, put that violet in a different setting or maybe in a vase or, right. so we're always just like kind of pulling from what's inspiring us, you know, right? like it comes, it's like we're experiencing something else and then we make art out of that. Even if we're just doing it all on our own, it's still coming from all these other places like maybe you're hearing songs like just you know sometimes i'll hear like construction and i'll start hearing like a yeah. beat in it mm -hmm. and i'm like sure. that could be a song you know yeah. but that it you know these musicians like they're they might not even realize that that might be where the rhythm came from mm -hmm. you know right so i do think that there's a a strong similarity between painting and music production uh-huh because both of them are a blending you right. know, a process of blending and it's not just the colors you're using right and and the colors you're making it's the stroke style right you mm -hmm. know, the texture of the stroke that you're using and so all of that i think translates exactly into music you know how you're blending them and the sonic characteristics mm -hmm. you're giving it while you're blending it because you can you know obviously with today's technology you can just tune everything exactly the way you want it sonically you know right um so i like that uh metaphor yeah it's cool to talk to a musician and then as an artist because it is like we're speaking a similar language mm -hmm. um and I, I do love music so i i think about it you know often just like what is what are they really doing like how are they creating this mm -hmm. and uh, i find very, a lot of similarities with it because even with like or, yeah, you're blending paint, but what if you added sand into the paint? What if you added extra water? You know, and that's mm -hmm. when you're like bringing in the synthesizer or something. Right, or right, exactly. Making some deep throat sound. Right. <laughs> Just completely changing up uh, the materials, which is really cool. That's right. So. Yeah, this, is, this is your practice, man. I mean, this is like a, it's a spiritual practice. I mean, you know, you're you're calling it music, and it is music, but you're using music for your, to go within, mm -hmm. you know, and and access, you know, deep layers within yourself. You yeah, know, that's exactly what you're doing. So it's your practice. I believe that because I shared with you. We were talking last week, and I shared that when I'm often, you know, I drive in my car and I listen to this a lot. You know, critical listening and thinking, what do I want to do as I'm developing these songs? But time goes away, 
and I mean, I'm just, I'm not there, you know, I'm just driving somewhere and I'm, I'm safe, I'm sure, because I haven't run into anybody, but, you know, I'll just, you know, 10 minutes will go by and I, you know, it's like you're in some kind of outer, I'm in some kind of outer space zone, right? You know, I'm just not really present. I'm lost in this soundscape, you know, and it can be very emotional as well. You know, I was watching something on TV recently and it was, there were some kids and they were playing a sport, right? And they, and they, they won, right? And so they were all, you know, they were going, yeah, you know, and I was thinking back, do you remember the last time you were so excited, right? That you were screaming, mm -hmm. right? You know, and, that, <laughs> and I can get that way. Like when I'm, you know, if it's a high energy tune and, I'm, and I've just created it and I'm getting, and I'm really starting to get it to lock in. I mean, at the end of the tune, I'll be in my car literally screaming the same way. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it finally all went together yeah. and it clicked. Well, and yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, when you said the the Goya Rokana song was like 19 minutes, I've listened to that multiple times. I didn't even realize it was 19 minutes because mm -hmm. I, I'm not like looking at the timestamp. Right. So yeah. I definitely have listened to it from start to finish, and it seems like time's irrelevant when it's going. So. Right. Be here now. Yeah. It's being in the moment. You're like fully present in the moment. Mm -hmm. um do you want to talk a little bit about the one love ep one love i'd love that i'd love to one love. <laughs> um so this one's interesting in that the the vocals that inspired me on this were not of a foreign language right mm -hmm. um i was looking through samples and i think i went into and it was kind of like a soul you know groove sample um, with maybe even, you know, not, not really any hip hop, but I guess soul more also. Um, and this guy's voice just really captivated me. And w what he was singing about was so positive. I mean, it was all about love and um, connection. I was like, oh, I got to do something with that, right? <laughs> um, so since the vocals were in English, then I said, all right, well, then I definitely want the music to be a little more, uh, ju to juxtapose against that a little bit more. So... I really lean heavily on sitar a lot in this. Mm. Um, and then a very set of cool, you know, cool grooves. So it's still a groovy, it's, I call it a, what I call chill out music. So it's, um, it's got a groove energy. It's got a lot of sitar drone, um, which I love sitar drone, where it just constantly, uh, mm -hmm. just that yeah. sound in the background, while this guy layers these beautiful messages uh, through it. And so I was, I was really pleased with this EP. Yeah, we'll play a little bit from it. it 
That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Um, can you share a little bit about your blues background and maybe a sample from Bring It To Me Straight? Absolutely. So um, the blues was a, you know, played a huge part in my musical life. Um, so much so it was, it was a, like a profound revelation to me when the first time I heard it and recognized it for what it was. And I remember it to this day. I was in eighth grade, came home from school and I was sat down to watch something on HBO. Had no idea what it was. And it was a, it was a Broadway show called Yubi. Um, and it was a celebration of a composer named U.B. Blake, who was an African-American composer in the 20s and the 30s who um, wrote um, uh, uh, Broadway, Broadway shows back then. Um, and he was popular back in his time as a piano player. And this was, you know, this would have been in a, no, uh, no sorry, 78. Um and he was still alive, although he was like 90 years old or something, you know. And um, so they did this Broadway special of, of a celebration of his music. And so I sat down and I watched it. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun music and they're dancing and everything. And then they played this song called Low Down, Low Down Blues. And it was a straight blues song, right? And there was a, um, you know, a guy, it was Gregory Hines who was a uh, he was a tap dancer. He was a famous tap dancer and became a movie star. Actually, if you look him up, he's passed away now. He sang it, and sang it he oh, sang wow. a blues song, right? And it blew me away. I mean, I was totally captivated and speechless as a kid. I was like, "What is that?" I mean, it was the most powerful song I'd ever heard in my life. I mean, it just and so you know, years later, I came to understand as I explored more music, like, oh, you know, that was, that was the blues. And that's, that's, um, what got me into it. And from there I heard it in rock and roll, you know, and I always heard it. Um, and then it was probably Stevie Ray Vaughan who really like said, dude, you've got to go down this path and like really explore <laughs> this. Right. You know, cause, um, you know, so I was one of, you know, a million, young white males who, you know, he highly influenced, right? And, but that started me on this journey of, 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 you know, St Stevie was great about paying homage to those that came before him. And he would talk about them all the time. And I'm like, oh, who's that? You know, who's Albert King? Okay, I'll go listen to him. And, and so I just started crawling back decade by decade until, you know, you get to the very earliest recordings. Um, and I went through that whole phase and I played it out live, you know, and I was just, I was just so in love with it and I don't listen to it as much today. You know, that was a, that was a, but it's a foundation of, of what I do. And so this EP, I had, I realized, you know, I had finished some and I was like, I need my next inspiration. And I, it, it kind of struck me. I was dumbstruck. I was like, I haven't, I haven't done anything with blues yet. I can't believe that with that being such a core part of me. So I said, if I'm going to do this, uh, I wanted to make it a bit the same where I was, pulling in some Indian influence through either some vocals or some instruments, but definitely capturing different styles of blues. But I wanted to pay homage to some of those blues greats. Um, so there are vocal clips in each of these songs that are kind of mixed in the back. Mm -hmm. There's four tunes on this EP, and one of them has Muddy Waters on it. The other is John Lee Hooker. Uh, third is Lightning Hopkins. And the last is uh, um, Howlin' Wolf. And Howlin' Wolf is, of course, the, the inspiration for the name of the song and the EP, which is Howlin' at the Mudra. Uh, 
I love that. I love that you're adding blues into it because I think sometimes I get a little bored with like spiritual musicians because they fail to recognize some of the other emotions besides happy. <laughs> and Amen. so I can listen Amen. to the blues when I'm in any mood, but I cannot listen to like super happy music in any mood. Like, right. but the blues just, it, it brings up all this emotion and the soul. And I just, I love it. So um, the blues is a feeling, man. It really it is. is. It, it teaches it teaches you how to feel other forms of music even. You know, if you can right. connect with the feeling of the blues and you got a greater appreciation for everything else, I think. Absolutely. Well, I think the you can hear the emotion in those great the blues greats' voices yes. coming through their life experience. And they had such re- rich, deep voices that mm. just captivating, you know. And and then they learned how to make their guitars say the same thing, right? You know, right. they uh, speak the same way through the guitar. And, of course, it changed the world. It changed music. I mean, it, it absolutely changed the world from a musical perspective. I mean, what what more can you say than <laughs> you just completely revolutionized all things known to, you know, to music? Absolutely. I mean, it birthed rock and roll for sure. Yeah. You know? And it may have been, you know, it may have predated jazz as well, you know, maybe. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, a, an added influence to that, no, no doubt. And the the name of this song, give it to me straight. I was looking for, I was on YouTube looking for interview clips with Muddy Waters, and he was one one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to 1972's Hard Again, do yourself a favor and go get it. And um, I just did a post about that today, actually, man, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, it's one of the, yeah. it's one of the, it's probably the best blues album in, in the world in my life, in my opinion. But I found this clip of Muddy Waters being interviewed in somewhere like England or Stockholm or something. And the interviewer said something to him that you could tell kind of struck him a little odd and he didn't understand what he was saying. And he, and he was trying to decide maybe if he was, should I be offended or not, right? And so, you know, they, they're from different countries and different backgrounds. And so Muddy Waters wanted him to say, explain himself, right? So the way Money Waters was saying this, because you can tell he was a little worked up, he was like, give it to me straight. No, bring it to me straight. Bring it to me straight. Bring it to me straight. And the guy was like, what? <laughs> so that's the name of the song is Bring I It To Me Straight. I love it, man. I love it. I love that. All right. Well, let's share a little clip from it. had some wood brother vibes for me so um i'll I'll take uh, any connection to wood brothers anytime i can that's a beautiful <laughs> thing <laughs> right? i love that you know them because it's very rare like i'll wear my shirt and 
everyone will be like, who's that? They'll be like, the wood broth? (laughs) Because my hair will cover up. (laughs) Well, I got to give a shout out to this bar in in Atlanta. It's still there. It started in 1972. It's called Northside Tavern. Um, And I was down there in the 90s. um, And that's when I was playing blues. And that became, that was like the local blues musicians, the real blues musicians hang out seven days a week, music seven days a week. It was a beautiful scene. Uh, They started uh, having festivals that honored blues musicians from the past that were still alive, that were struggling, you know, low income, struggling. We would do fundraisers for them. So these guys that were recording in the in the 50s and the 60s, and we got them back involved into the, the blues, which was wonderful. But anyway, Oliver Wood um, was in a band uh, that came out of that bar, as well as several other artists, Sean Costello, who's no other with us. That was great. But if you make it to Atlanta, look up Northside Tavern and go treat yourself. Now it's a dive, mm-hmm. but that's the way blues is supposed to be played. So. To be played dive, <laughs> I would love to do that. I'm always looking for other things to do when I'm in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. I feel like I get overwhelmed, and I'm like, there's too many options. So I'm definitely going to check that out yes, for sure. Absolutely, you should. <laughs> All right, so um, let's talk about maybe some of the instruments that you used in your song, Brothers and Sisters, and maybe play a little clip from it. Yeah, so um, I had uh, dabbled with a lot of stuff and a lot of grooves and kind of got funky on several EPs, but I never, I didn't, I had yet to really go all in on the funk. And <laughs> so, uh, hence the name of the EP, Funk Shiva. I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna do it. And so, Actually, what the, the thing I found that, that really triggered this for me was um, these horns. I found these samples of horns, um, and they were playing these great, you know, funks. And I was like, all right, I got to do that. And so uh, it was so fun, so funky, getting the bass involved, getting the drums. And, of course, I still bring in Indian vocals uh, right. into it and some other Indian. So it's just another, another fusion, you know. But this is great if you want to dance, if you want to feel right. really – to me, this is one of the – uh, lightest, happiest feeling any piece that they're there. I just, you know, when I, I can't not smile when I'm listening to this album. You know? Right. And that's just, I feel like that's funk in general. Like it is so much fun. One of my favorite concerts I've ever saw was Earth, Wind and Fire mm-hmm. on my birthday. And we went through this, like all the elements on the way there. It was like a hailstorm, then it was beautiful. And there was like snow, like it looked like snow on the ground, but I was like walking barefoot, you know, into yeah. the show and, uh, I just had you a blast. I swear to gosh, the, the weather the went crazy. Like we had I mean, to pull off and everything. Wow. And I was like, how meaningful is this? Right. Yeah. And to this day, I think I danced harder at the Earth, Wind & Fire show than I probably have at like some of the jam bands I've seen. But It's impossible just... not to dance to it. Oh, it's I mean, it's so, so good. I think my, my, my story for that was Maceo Parker, who was the band leader and the saxophone player for james brown for mm-hmm. years and and um and so he he would tour without james brown it's just called the maceo parker band but of course they play these james brown and so in atlanta at the variety playhouse which is the best venue uh i think in 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 the south at least and you know nice and intimate but maybe what you know five six hundred people and my friend and i were you know we were we were one of very few white people in the crowd i'd say and it was so that. welcoming Oh, really? Yeah, that was me. Get out of here. Yeah, we went to that together. We were the only white oh people in the gosh, whole place. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. Yeah. I forgot it was wild. Was. I mean, I never experienced that before. Yeah, and it was so it was cool. It was fun. It was yeah. welcoming. And we stood 
never sat down even though there were seats the entire time because you couldn't because it was just i've got to shake my booty to this (laughs) (laughs) absolutely oh i love that well let's hear a little funk sounds good Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Thank you. I got a got a little uh, shake in my a little wiggle in my leg there. <laughs> right. I mean, like, yeah, dancing a little bit over here the whole time. So, all right. So, what's been the most meaningful experience you've had as a musician? I know that this is a big question, but is there anything that comes to mind that just really? I think out? it's been. You know, I've had, I mean, there's been obviously some, you know, live performances have been, you know, very fun and there's been a lot of meaningful ones of that. But it, when you say what's the most meaningful, it has to be just this personal inner experience I have with myself, with the music that I'm creating, right? It's really, it's like, it's like I'm expressing myself. I'm also getting to know myself. I'm you know, releasing myself, I'm experiencing myself. It's just this, this circular feedback thing, dance with myself that I've, you know, I've done all my life now, you know, whatever. And it's, um, it's absolutely, uh, critical to do now. It's like, I have to go and, you know, and every week, probably once or twice, I'll get finished with work or whatever and I'm just like I'm gonna go drive for a while and, and I just go and I just put on and I listen to my music and I just get lost in it and it just lets everything go you know I just have that so so to me that's probably been the most experience uh, uh, um, meaningful or impactful because it's been some kind of exercise or practice for me in that way right sort of like a journey to the self you know yeah yeah 100 percent knocked you out with this mic <laughs> Yeah, it's your, it's your it's your spiritual practice, man. I mean, there's no question about it. You know, it's obvious. So yeah. it's beautiful. Well, that's so beautiful that you share it with the world. You know, and that you're you're not just like playing in your garage and keeping it to yourself. You're actually creating something with it that's shareable for others, so that we can meditate with you and mm-hmm. dance with you. And... Well, that's why I'm so grateful that you're willing to share it to your audience and the people because uh, it's really meaningful to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's perfect for our audience. I think a lot of people will definitely enjoy it and find it just as meaningful as we do. So um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap it up? Any um, new music that you are got coming out? Sure, that my latest release that just hit Spotify uh, is called Ebion. Um, and 
that's where I really explored um, Native American sounds. Mm-hmm. So um, mixed with acoustic guitar. So a lot of Native American flutes, Native American drums, something that you might think is a little often a little more typical for, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a, a mindfulness practice because there's a lot of that. But it's still very rhythmic oriented and it has the... Uh, the American fusion that I put in there is this acoustic, this rich acoustic guitar that comes in over it throughout that whole EP. So um, that one just released on Spotify about a month ago. Okay. Um, and I'm still pumping them out. And so um, yeah. can I uh, share with people how they can find out where yeah, it's at? Yeah, definitely. So, um, the artist's name is B, um, which we've discussed is difficult to find if you search for it. So you can go to the my uh, website, which is bkscottmusic.com, bkscottmusic.com. And there's a, a page on there about the artist B, and that has all of the links to Apple and to Spotify for all of these EPs. And once you find it once on Spotify, you can find all the other ones there. All right, yeah, and we'll make sure to add all the links in the description so that everyone can find you and create their own little playlist out of all your beautiful music make a playlist and share it with me and let me know what turns you on yeah i'll continue to listen for sure i've loved everything so far that i've thank you heard so thank you so much for doing this episode and just for following your calling and you know creating this beautiful work for us Thank you, Astral. I appreciate it. Mm. Thank you. And thanks for coming out, Philip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in. Check us out next time on the Astral Hour.